and welcome to the PMU NDA podcast. My name is Justin Pierce, and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing people who have taken part in the Practice Makes Our Perfect program. Of course, in association with Amy Keane, that helps men and women find and finesse public voices. So hi, and welcome to the PMU NDA podcast. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Before we kick off, do you want to tell us a bit about you, where you work, what you do there, and maybe a bit what you did before you arrived there? Sure. So my name is Desiree Nicholson, and I work at Teeds. Uh, I've been at Teeds for seven years. So um, anything before this was really kind of not really a career-led job. It was kind of just a job. Um, So yeah, I've been here a while. My job here is the title's Enterprise Solutions Lead. Um, And ultimately what that means is that I ensure agencies and brands adopt our tech or essentially our platform, understand the benefits of it. um, But ultimately they run their ads through this platform to appear within media content. Okay, fantastic. So the title of your podcast today that you've chosen is Body Image in the Workplace, which is kind of intriguing. Uh, I kind of get it, sort of don't. So... Why this subject? Why this title? Yeah. A lot of it is really based, I suppose, on on my own experience, um, but also the fact that it's body image itself, although it's been talked a lot lot about on social media, it's something that's still quite taboo, I would say, in the workplace. Like nobody talks about how maybe their body confidence, body image, uh, self-image, affects their work or affects them in the workplace or how the workplace actually has affected their body image so it's not really a topic I've heard come up but it's something maybe I have perhaps experienced okay interesting so let's define first of all without sounding stupid body image what is body image um so body image is how you view yourself how So there's a, I guess there's a stat out there that one in 50 people have a body dysmorphic disorder and it's really about, let's say you're a thin person, but you imagine yourself being a big person or you see flaws that are not actually there and you, they're out of proportion, basically. Um, And it's really deeply rooted in someone's psyche and it could come from childhood or, or whatever the fact is, but that's ultimately body image, how you view yourself. Okay, interesting. So tell me a bit about, you know, you said it's done with your personal experience and so what made you think about this? I think a lot of it has definitely stemmed out of COVID. I think the fact that we've been in a pandemic for the last year and a half has ultimately affected my body image. It really has, but actually I've actually put on a load of weight and it's something that's given me a little bit of anxiety coming back into the workplace. and. Okay. So I think, if, am I the only one feeling this way? Are there others who are feeling this way? And the fact that we are on Zoom all day long, mm-hmm. um, from my experience, you know, I would rather be on Zoom. Actually, if I hear that there's a different video platform that we're using for a conference, I'm like, oh no, because Zoom has a, a filter and my skin looks amazing on Zoom. But on other ones, I'm like, oh, and it, it is a cause of anxiety. It is a cause of, you know, does that affect how I perform? I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Sometimes. How does it? How could it affect how you perform? Or how do you think it has? Um, I suppose whenever I set up a call, I 
and I don't know if this is true, but most people are looking at themselves. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I will assess myself at the beginning, um, but typically I, I will get into a flow and that's, that's totally fine. But I find that a lot of people don't turn their cameras on actually now. And I wonder, you know, is this something deeper? Is, are people not turning their cameras on because they don't want to see themselves? Or is it something just as simple as, I don't know, they want to work while I'm speaking? <laughs> um, but I, I, I do wonder if, you know, the, what the effect is of them having to stare at themselves is mm. and if that plays a role. It's a really good point. It's such unnatural human behaviour, staring at video calls all day long. And I think, I think it's clean the world, personally. That's just my take on it. So how do you think this is going to transition as we go back, hopefully, soon in, into, the, into the physical office, even if it's a hybrid working model, which is probably likely the case for most companies? You know, body image, how does that translate back in the office? Um, that, that's one I really have to think about, you know, because... Um, if I just think about myself and my my own experience and um, the anxiety I've had to come back in and and see people and I'm almost like oh god I hope they're not shocked by how much weight I've gained but maybe that's me having my own you know body dysmorphia really on it um, but you know I suppose people have the option if they want to stay behind the camera and not turn their camera on, then they have that option if that's their preference. I think coming into the office has actually dispelled a lot of fears. Okay. Um, so I think, I don't know, moving into the office is probably, will probably have more of an, a positive impact mm. because you're not going to be looking at yourself again all day long and you won't be thinking about it as much. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's sort of fascinating. I haven't really thought about it this way, but I suppose there's so many, there's so many pluses to, to video calls and that sort of thing. There's so many minuses. I haven't really thought about that at all. So what, what do you think is, I mean, obviously you can't speak for others, but you, you pointed out this is probably, you know, you've noticed that video is off often nowadays, much less than in the, in the old days, you know. So do you think this is having uh, an impact on people beyond just their potential personal preferences of video calls it could actually be impacting how they're how they're working behind that screen well that does that does bring me to i guess the mental health topic because mm. um you know you don't leave your mental health issues at home they follow you wherever you go and if we're on the topic of self-image and if it's a negative self-image um potentially that does affect you in the workplace because you know, that's a psychological issue potentially you have. It could be something around food and emotional eating with food or, or the other way around controlling food. And, you know, and it's not something we talk about in the workplace. So perhaps something like normalizing this kind of speech or this conversation around this, along with other health, mental health issues that we're talking about, like depression, anxiety, those are becoming more normal topics. Um, but if we can talk about these other topics, perhaps then it's not something that could affect me on a day to day. Like, oh, I really don't feel like joining this call because I'm not feeling good about myself. You know, instead, it's more, you know, it's, it's a normal topic. Maybe you could talk about it even at the beginning. Maybe I'm not feeling so great, but it's fine. It's a normal conversation to have at that point. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. I suppose this is something because, as you say, mental health 
there's a lot of talk about it at the moment. There's a lot of great work being done across, across the industry, but this definitely hasn't been something that I've, I've seen mentioned. How do you think that topic can, can rise up into, into the general discussion? How can we shine more attention on it? Um, that is an awkward one because I actually tested it today at the lunch okay. table. There was six of us and I brought up the fact that I thought maybe some people don't turn their cameras on because maybe they're not feeling like they're looking great that day, for example. Um, but we quickly got another topic. So maybe it'll start as a one-to-one -one conversation, asking the question to somebody else, how are you feeling? I just took a mental health first aid course not too long ago. And this definitely wasn't part of it. Um, I mean, they touched on it, but we mainly talked around um, people who are maybe having full on panic attacks or so the sort of those extreme measure, measures. But um, I suppose we can do preventative measures by really asking twice, like, how are you? How are you really? And maybe it is a touchy subject. That's why it's, it's quite hard yeah, to say like, yeah. oh, do you have... Uh, body image issues you can't just outright ask you know it's maybe it'll come up in conversation and then you just kind of dig deeper perhaps but it's not an easy one that's for sure because people don't want to admit if they do even you know it's, it could be seen as weakness you know I don't, I don't know so um yeah I, I just think maybe businesses can help as well um maybe having like safe spaces to chat group chats things like that um, maybe specific forums for specific topics okay. if somebody wants to talk about this topic openly um, and maybe that's the route where we start it does take time to raise the awareness of issues like this and then for it to be discussed and then sort of preventative measures to be, to be put in place I mean this the first aid mental health health first aid kit was that something that was done through your work something separately or how did that work yeah it was um yeah, they, they, um, we volunteered essentially. So there's a group of, of five or six of us and um, we were given the steps to take um, in a, in a situation where someone needs almost like CPR okay. where someone needs mental health first aid. And the steps are basically um, asking them first, like how they are, how they really are. Um, if they're in full panic mode, we need to basically ask them, if there's someone they, they feel more comfortable with, if they want to take a walk, if they need to take a breath. Um, and then we move on to steps to getting them help, the phone calls that we call, if they need longer term help, how we can help them. We have all the resources and, and things like that. Wow. That's such an impressive thing. I think that definitely wouldn't have happened 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago. So I guess, you know, things like the body image issue you're talking about, that's potentially the next step in this development. Yeah, there is a counter argument to uh, mental health first aid, which is why would we need mental health first aid? Aid it should be actually that measures we take are more preventative to begin with, um, as opposed to needing <laughs> first aid. <laughs> That's a very good point. I suppose a good balance for all is the way forward. Yeah. Well, look, fantastic. That was superb chat, and I think you've raised an issue that I. I hadn't thought about, and I guarantee a lot of the audience listening, listening to this won't have thought about. So it's a really useful and sort of a brave subject to, to bring up. So thank you so much. That was a great, great, great chat. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank Goodbye. You.